The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. All right, here we go. It is Friday. Cofield and Company live from Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. It's JVT filling in for the aforementioned Steve Cofield, who is being out and about on the town. You never really know where Steve Cofield goes. I feel like maybe there's chances he goes out and about. There's also chances that he just kind of never leaves the hovel that he calls his home over there. And mm, I won't give out the address yet. Willie Ramirez back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Demond, of course, along as well. James down here with me at TI. What's up, Willie? What's going on? You know, it's busy, man. I, I got to tell you, I, I think I talk to a lot of people when it comes to sports around this time of year, and you get the sense that it's like the dead time, right? But we just talked to a wonderful gentleman uh, here with a bunch of friends from Canada for the CONCACAF Nations League games that are going on right now. Um, he's stoked because Canada, of course, taking on the USA in the final on Sunday. A lot of people out here. And how about that for a trip, huh? Watch your team play some soccer. You get a couple of days off. He's going to check out the uh, Vegas Golden Knights parade tomorrow. Unfortunately, he's a Canucks fan, and his son is, I believe he's had a Canadians fan. So it's not the happiest of trips watching a team that's been around for six years hoist the cup. But, hey, man, it's busy. Are, are, are you done? Because you, you said, hey, Willie, how's it going? What's going on? And then you went ahead and just kept talking. So I just want to make sure I didn't interrupt you. Oh, you know what would have happened is I think what happened was yeah. since you're not here because you couldn't make it in time, yeah. there's a really weird chemi- the chemistry going on. There's know? no vibe right yeah, here. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah it's, it is wild, especially like for a freelance writer, right? Because I sort of anticipate this to be the slow time where there's limited assignments and, and you're sort of hustling. Looking forward to things up in the, you know, coming, like the NBA Summer League's coming up. So trying to find work to do, whereas instead, oh, the Golden Knights just won the Stanley Cup three days ago. Today was the final press conference because the players usually, they do a locker clean out within 24 to 48 hours after the end of the season. And we're up there and it's a long process because you get everybody, they either bring them to the room or their locker room's open and two, three at a time, coming to, you know, talk to the media for the final. They're not going to do it. Uh, from my understanding, they're not even going to do one because what more could they possibly say? But today we got Bruce Cassidy, Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, and Bill Foley, about two and a half hours worth of press conference at headquarters. When I got there, there was a line in, you know, in the in the it was like a roped off maze for – um, patrons, and it was snaking in the lobby of City National Arena to get into the Arsenal, and it was open when I left, and there was still the same snake because limited number in at the same time. So the buzz, obviously, leading up to the parade. The Las Vegas Aces won last night. Uh, as you mentioned, the soccer match last night. So there's so I, sports just isn't sleeping in Las Vegas, uh, you know, maybe in other markets, but not here. Yeah, it helps that, I mean, at least I think. I think it's been beautiful weather. I'm a big rain guy. I really enjoy what we got earlier today. Nice little downpour. Willie, it was, it's almost, I mean, we're halfway through June. We had, it was 68 degrees earlier today. It was, it was, it was when awesome. I, when I got in my car to drive to Sydney National, it was 63 degrees. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I threw on, I threw on like a thin 
fabric sweatsuit because um, I knew it'd be inside City National Arena. So no matter where you're at in there, it's going to be kept chill with the two ice rinks. Um, when I got out, as I mentioned, two and a half hours of press conference, it was a little toasty in the car. But nevertheless, uh, I came in, Damon and I, we fired up the, well, I don't know if fire's the right word, but we got the AC rolling. Hopefully it'll get uh, Cofield cold here in the studio. I like it cold. I do like my cold weather. I keep my AC on at 69, and in the winter, I keep it at the same temperature, just no AC. Well, tomorrow seems like it's going to be a pretty nice day as well. High of 99, and uh, by the time we get a little bit later in the day, a little bit closer to parade time, it is going to be cooler. So a reminder for everybody, because I feel like, you know, as, as public figures, right, we have the airwaves. We want to get the information out there for anybody who would want to go down there. Uh, you do have the option. There's a $4 shuttle. The Vegas Golden Knights Victory Parade on Saturday. It's uh, via the RTC, of course. So you can check out that uh, if you want to. Instead of you know going down, they're going to close the strip somewhat early. I was planning on potentially going down, but they're closing the strip a lot earlier than I can get down there. So now there's a wrench in the plans. But there's a lot of different things. And one of the things that I wanted to hit on, too, here, Willie, was just to stress, be safe. Tomorrow's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really cool day. It's going to be great watching them hoist the cup. It's going to be great watching people get schnockered and go up on stage and say things that they probably shouldn't. But let's stress, you know, one of the things Steve and I talked about the other day was these, you know, we'll call them bitter Canadian fans. You know, did you see the video they put up of, like, empty Toshiba Plaza and trying to say, like, look, this is Vegas afterwards? Just because we're not maniacs and lighting cars on fire doesn't mean we have a good time. So tomorrow's going to be awesome. But let's stress safety. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, anybody who believes somebody that's going to put up an empty Toshiba Plaza, like, you know, within 24 hours, 36 hours after every major outlet put out the scene, right. just like we saw in Denver after they won it, right? The Nuggets won um, Monday. There's just, you're an idiot if, if you believe something like that. This town, what I was most proud of, JVT, was... You know, and I don't want. And here's the thing. Let me throw a disclaimer out there. I thought it was terrible what we read about what took place in Denver hours after they won right. it, hours after the celebration, a shooting. So I'm not trying to smear that. What I am saying is this: it was nice to see that this town celebrated the way that it did, and we really didn't have an overwhelming number of clickbait stories from local media. Uh, in neither paper nor the TV stations, not that I saw where, you know, Metro arrested this many people because of drunken disorderly right. or disorderly public or this. Bah, 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 bah. It, everybody came together. You know what disappeared? Race, gender, politics, you name, whatever it is that you have beef with, it seemed to disappear on Tuesday night. And everybody was all one love when it came to the Golden Knights hoisting the Stanley Cup. Well, I was out there that night and Steve Cofield almost did get in a fight. Well, that's so, Steve. That doesn't shock me. Well, but here's the thing. Speaking to us not acting like animals, you know why he almost got in a fight? Because there was a man cleaning up garbage, and Steve was like, oh, you don't have to do that. And the guy just started going, you mother... And started. I thought they were going to swing. So got in a fight over, hey, you know, stop being such a nice guy. That's a good thing to get in a fight over, huh? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Canadian-esque, if you will. Oh, eh? Yeah, see? You going? You going to be there tomorrow? I'm not, and, and it's... I, I am just... Not good suit weather. Well, yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> Demont liked it. That was good. Huh? I don't. I can, first of all, I can't bring myself to having to check in four and a half hours. Yeah. I spoke to our good friend Ed Graney, Ben Goats, um, this morning at City National Arena. 
They have to get down there by 2.30 for something that's not going to start till 7 and then a rally at 9. I'm sorry, but there's just – and again, those guys, they're paid. That's their job. They they have hourly. Like nobody's paying me to go down there, and I'm not sitting down there for four and a half hours in advance to watch the Golden Knights go through. Let's make one thing clear. We spend however many months in a row covering this team objectively. So – I'm not necessarily a bona fide fan. What I am a fan of is that we have two championships in less than a year in a town I've lived in since 1972. I'm happy for my town. I'm more of a fan of Las well, Vegas having titles. But to go down there and have to check in and find a place at 2.30, 3 o'clock, 3.30, whatever, for something that doesn't start till 7, I'm just not into it. I'd rather watch it on TV. I mean, you don't have to be there to, to, to be a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. I was more thinking of going down because I wanted to see what Vegas is going to be like. You know, it's the same thing on the reason why I went down on Tuesday. I would, I would never claim to be a Vegas Golden Knights fan only because, you know, well, I'm not going to pretend to be a down-the-middle journalist like you or Adam Hill. I just haven't followed the team because of my job, right? But to your overall point, I think it's pretty cool to be down there with the, you know, the fellow uh, members of my city mm-hmm. and just see the happiness and check it out and see what the vibes are like. You know what I mean? That, that's what my goal was, not to celebrate the Vegas Golden Knights so much, but to your point, just kind of celebrate Vegas and see that your fellow citizens are happy. I get it. I get it. But I can do the same thing and appreciate it and know that that kind of energy and electricity, I know what it feels like. I be- Remember, I've been to many a part. Now, I've never been to a pro sports parade. I get it. But you didn't I, go to the Aces last year? No. Oh, okay. No, I watched it on TV. So I, I have. I, I would rather pull out some of my uh, organic grass-fed beef that I get from the oh, uh, fr- from the cattle farm up north. I'd rather just grill it up, hang out with the pup, watch it on TV, get a good night's rest, not worry about having to get home, and I'm good. I'm fine. Demond, Demond, you going? Oh yeah, I'm going. Yeah, going with a couple of buddies. Demond's you know, a float. Gonna, gonna have a few beverages. I am a fan. All right, dude, can I, I? I make no jokes about it. I mean, no, uh, I said you're a float. Oh yeah, I, he'll be one of the floats. I, I mean, Demond is kind of a tank. You you can carry yeah, a couple yeah, people be, down. I was angling all week to try to get on a float. Didn't happen. Yeah. But now I'm going with some friends, and it's already just like I'm not driving. I don't have a care in the world. Here's what I need. I need inside intel, and I, I don't know if they would give it to me directly. We need to find out, JVT. If the Aces are going to like it, it sort of be like the, the 17th car back or, or one of – since there's only 12 on the roster, is like one – if let's say there's 12 cars with Golden Knights, two in each car or whatever. If, a, if, an, if an Ace – if they invite the Aces and they become part of the festivities because you figure 7 o'clock it starts, 9 o'clock's the rally, couple of beverages. They play on – Sunday night against the Minnesota Lynx. Last time they played Minnesota, Minnesota closed them backdoored. Could be an opportunity to uh, get catch a big number. I figured you'd appreciate that angle. Yeah, but what does that have to do with the parade? It's the if the Aces are in the parade with the Golden Knights. Well, why would they invite them though? Why would they be part of it? Just to, just to be a part of it, just just to invite one person. Did, did the Aces win the Stanley Cup on Tuesday? Demond, did I miss something? No, but they're the previous champion, so they could they could they could incorporate. What are we, what are we doing? Why would no? I think I, I, Willie just opened up talking about journalistic integrity, and now he's trying to find an angle that's like absolutely ridiculous. It's a beautiful thing.
It's well, yeah, I guess. Uh, also, a beautiful thing. Justice was it served for John Morant? We'll talk about that when we come back. It is Kofi the Company live from Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar at Ti. The stupid tax that John Morant is paying is not only costing him dollars, but also the front row seat as the face of the NBA here in the next couple years. Do not pay the stupid tax, and John Morant paying it in excess. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Now back to Cofield and Company. Cofield and Company live from Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Awesome place to be. TV's everywhere. If you want to watch the U.S. Open, DeMond's guy, Ricky Fowler, killing it. Another birdie. Moves back to 11 under. Absolutely great spot to watch. It, it, DeMond, was that a uh, this guy stinks for Emmanuel Acho or was that for John Morant? Emmanuel Acho. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Emmanuel. Cannot, everything is so, I'm so smart. That, Look at you, me move my hands while I talk. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. Uh, we have not talked about this. That's exactly what I think. Like, Emmanuel Acho, the way I put it is, he's one of those guys that will let you know that he thinks he's really smart. And that's what I can't really, you know what I mean? It's I'm a smart guy, but I won't tell you about it. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Like it's like, gotcha. People can't see DeMond. He's moving his hands just like Emmanuel Acho. All right, Willie. Willie Ramirez is here. JVT, we're filling in for Steve Cofield. It comes down 25 games for John Morant. The suspension is official. The NBA uh, PA did release a statement on the Morant suspension, which we'll get to momentarily. But I think this is just the simple question here for the NBA. Is the association overstepping? By suspending John Morant 25 games. 30% of the season. He was previously suspended eight games. I don't necessarily know if there's there's never really been a standard. Um, he didn't, we know, he didn't break the law in any way, shape, or form. Toy gun or not. He, he came out and said, oh, it was a toy gun. Right. That part's regardless. Um, because he didn't really break a record. What he did, though, was he sort of slapped in the face... The, league, the team, his team, the league, and those that called upon him to not act out. I get it. Like, if somebody else did that at a left field, you know, um, fooling around and it got caught on video, are they going to get the same exact, exact suspension? No. But they also weren't acting out. The previous time when he was suspended weren't wasn't acting out violently in a violent manner. Um, here he was just so you could say, well, he was just fooling around with his buddy in a car. Yes, but the first time he did it, he was reprimanded, suspended, and told not to do it. So, where you sort of deem if they've overstepped their bounds or not, I don't know. I do know that it's three times the amount, right, from eight to twenty-five, mm-hmm. one game plus. That's thirty point four percent of a regular season. They're making a statement. He brought whether it's right or wrong. He brought this upon himself. Right. They deemed it. However, however they came about came upon that number. That's on the league. But he brought this upon himself because he was told not to do it. Yeah, it's there's obviously a lot. I think a lot to it because the initial point that you make that you put out there, which a lot of people have pointed to, JJ Redick has been very clear about this, uh, is he didn't break any laws. And I, and I think a lot of people would look at that and go, well, the NBA is overstepping their bounds. You know, that's his right to do whatever he wants. Nobody was hurt. No laws are broken. Why does he deserve to be suspended? Uh, Steve Cofield has put voice to that as well. I think, I think it's a little disingenuous to just say, oh, he didn't break any laws. That's it. Like, why would he be suspended? As you alluded to, Willie, it's now multiple different incidents. It's not, I don't think it's just the gun. 
right? It's the incident with the Indiana Pacers staffers in which a laser was pointed out of a car, which John Morant was allegedly in, the implication being that there was a gun at the end of that laser. There's the incident with the 17-year-old on his property. You know, there's a lot of stuff here. And I think that probably carries a little bit more weight other than just one-off event like you're referring to here. So let's, let's hear from Colin Cowherd because I, I do think it's an interesting way to put it. Cowherd earlier today, you can hear on our sister station, Fox Sports uh, 98.9, talked about this, and the way he opened up the conversation was about, hey, look, when you're, when you're talking about this incident with John Morant, sometimes you got to grow up, you got a big boy job. Now, it sends a message, obviously, to Ja, grow up now. You're the face of a franchise. Big boy jobs have, like, standards and repercussions for bad actions. You're a corporation. You're a franchise. Ditch some of your loser friends. They don't have your best interests at heart. What do you think of that? The implication that your job is different than everybody else's, you're going to be held to a different standard, and even if you're not going to break the law, it is up to us, us being the NBA, and it is at our discretion to punish you because you especially, right? This isn't trying to think. This isn't Ish Smith. For those who don't know Ish Smith, you know, a guard for you know a, a guard that's been uh, was on the bench for the Denver Nuggets, got a ring. Um, you know, you're John Morant. You have shoe brands. You have you're a face of a team. Arguably, you're one of the, be- the most popular players that we have. You need to be held to a different standard, and I'll try to say it the way that uh, Colin did. Grow up. You really emphasize the P. Yeah, I don't. I get everything that he's saying, and he's not wrong. The thing is, if it was Ish Smith, uh, and he did it multiple, he's he's a member of a league in which the commissioner and other people, executive board, so on and so forth. The first time around. They they've met with him. They've spoken with him. They told mm-hmm. him, it's more or less the brand. You know what it is? It's the logo you're wearing. All that other stuff, that's just more to it, in my opinion. He it this comes down to him, um, repeating an offense that they asked him not to do. If somebody else with a lesser name on a different team did the exact same thing, one, two, three, continue to act out. Um, I'll give you a better example. Some of the guys who have emerged from the NFL that are getting uh, disciplined for gambling, right? They're getting caught for gambling, whatever it may be. They're not as big a name as Devontae Adams or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they were – like, so, you, so just because they're bigger faces, bigger names, it's the same thing. You cannot represent the logo and be reprimanded once, twice, spoken to three, four times, and then continue to do it. It doesn't matter. Like, shoe brands, all that. That's for Nike to address or whoever he's represented. I don't even know who his brand is. Nike. Nike. Okay. That's for them to address, not the league to address. That's not for anybody else to comment on. That's if, 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 if they have a problem with it or any of the other endorsements, that's for that company to, to, uh, to comment on. This suspension shouldn't have anything to do with all that. You have your own shoe. You have this. You have that. You represent the logo and the story. If you are the seventh guy, if you're number seven, eight, nine on a on a roster, <coughs> excuse me. Uh oh. Uh oh. Right, losing. Sorry. If you're losing. number six, seven, you're going a eight, long. Number... I think that's what's going on here. You yeah. know, you're losing your voice. It, it probably is, but you get my point. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Let's hear one more from Colin. Uh, because this is my favorite part whenever we do this. What about the kids? 
Yes, you have influence. An NBA star, a school teacher, a principal. Those people have influence, often on younger people. Younger people are followers. They join clubs and frats and sororities. As you get older, you ditch all that crap. You don't care. But young people do care, and they follow, and they join. And Adam Silver's wording here, particularly concerning Jaws' conduct on other people to emulate him, waving a gun around in a society that's got too many guns and gun violence everywhere. We've all got to grow up at some point. Yeah, you can miss me. I think you can miss me with this. You can miss me with this, too. Yeah, because, invoking the kids and all that. Yeah, like, we're, we're a culture that loves our guns. Like, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, let's go back to, let's go back to who was it? Wasn't Charles Barkley in the commercial, I am not a role model? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, he is, it, it, like, let's put it this way. Like, the wording is right, and I get what he's saying, but at the same time, at, in, the, in 2023... Uh, you, you you got a lot of more you got a lot more people to to speak to if as far as you know being out there in the public you have other uh, and I'm not just gonna I mean he's talking about um, you know different cultures you could talk about a number of different uh, musical genres that talk about shotguns rifles hunting shooting this that so lose me with the fact that you know what if you're raised right it's the parents' job to be the role model. So, I mean, that's not saying that these kids aren't looking up to them, and we get that. Yes, kids emulate them, but the fact of the matter is that's that should be not even secondary. That's that's yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I think you know, growing up, did you want to play a sport like a certain player? Sure, but I don't think there was ever a point where you were kind of emulating that person as a person, and I think that's something that is uh, kind of missed there. Demond, you think it was too much? Yeah, I think it's too much, especially on Colin's part. He even mentioned, like, we cut all of it out because it was like a four-minute rant. Right. But he says, if you're a teacher, you can't have an OnlyFans. Where it's just respectability politics that I don't really want to hear from anybody. Where, as a kid, like, you know what kids are? They are looking up to John Moran, and Nike kept him on his deal because in LeBron's son's travel team, Bryce, all the kids on the team were wearing an exclusive color of John Moran's Nike sneaker. Yep. Where, but that doesn't mean that you want to go out and live like John Moran. A thing that I was thinking about, Jalen Carter, NFL, is all the, all the speeding issues. If a player was just constantly, hey, you're speeding, like an incident where uh, someone's lo- life was lost, but, hey, you're not going to be charged with an actual felony. Or is hey, if, they, if the NFL catches him speeding one more time, is he done? Is he is he toast? Where it's so much of the gun culture, but there's so many things where you are detrimental to the league, or you're putting someone's or your own life at risk. But the gun thing with John Moran, and maybe I'm a biased Grizzlies fan, but it's more about let's talk about John Moran the person and get him help, and not how is he damaging the brand or the stupid tax on his money? Because I don't care about any of that. Yeah, and here's the thing: uh, I don't think it's going away quietly. You're not just going to get a suspension and then go off into the night. The NBA. Uh, the NBA PA uh, has released a statement. Ja has expressed his remorse, accepted responsibility for his actions. We support him unequivocally as he does whatever is necessary to represent himself, our players, and our league in the best possible light. As to the discipline imposed, we believe it is excessive and inappropriate for a number of reasons, including the facts involved in this particular incident, and that is not fair and consistent with past discipline in our league. So I'm sure this is not going away anytime soon, and the PA will have something to say about it. We'll, we'll get back to this because there's also the other angle of comparing different 
suspensions for much more serious transgressions from the NBA and the fact that the NBA has taken a little bit of a lighter hand for certain players. Uh, and we'll bring this up with Caleb Herring, too, who's going to join us here in about 10 minutes. We are at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar TI. Make sure you come down, say what's up. We're going to be here until the end of the show, of course. Great spot to watch the U.S. Open and, of course, the baseball schedule about to get started. So come down, check out the sportsbook, and check out some of the great food as well. Cofield and Company will be back here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Yeah, come on down. I always say this. The TV setup here is freaking phenomenal. I'm watching the U.S. Open right now, seeing if Ricky Fowler can hold on to this. thing. think was only second round, so, you know. Plenty of golf left to be played. Yeah, I was surprised. Generally, we don't get uh, a lot of golf content on the show. I don't think Steve's the biggest fan of golf. Willie, I'm not sure where you're at with golf either in terms of your viewing habits. Damon, are you a Ricky Fowler fan? I was actually just surprised to learn you were a Memphis fan. I had no idea. Uh, we're learning uh, about each other a little bit more. But you're, are you a Ricky Fowler guy? What's going on here? Yeah, he's been my guy since high school, back when he would wear all, all like the orange from head to toe. Terrible outfits, yep. Yeah, to a 14-year-old kid, I was like, now that's cool. <laughs> so okay. he's just been my guy ever since. Hasn't won that major yet, but this is the year. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's off to a great start. He's 11 under right now, so he is... Uh, We'll say eh, treading water has a little bit more of a negative connotation. He's actually a four under, or excuse me, three under for the day so far. So doing absolutely phenomenal after shooting a 62, him and X, Xander Shoffley, the other day. Golf, a very heavy, uh, it's a very strong dad sport. So it's perfect on Father's Day weekend that you get golf to watch throughout the weekend. Willie, what are you doing on Sunday, huh? What's Father's Day look like for Willie Ramirez? I'll be uh, going to the Las Vegas Aces game. You know, there's more hours in a day. Uh-huh. Than just you know an aces game. That's that's, well, all, that's all you're doing. Well, yeah, you know, we're kind of on a radio show where content <laughs> is is king, and we might want to speak for more than ten seconds. Well, you asked me a question, and I told you I'm going to the aces game. I'll I'll go to the gym prior to that. I'll probably make some breakfast, hang out a little bit. Uh, I I don't know. I, I I haven't. I don't make plans for myself. I I guess I'll hear from my son if he says, "Hey, do you want to go grab a bite to eat?" I would more than likely. I'd be more inclined to go ahead and accept a dinner invitation from him for tomorrow night and then go to dinner and then that way and then Sunday just, you know, take it easy before the game. So that's the, so that's the real question is, I think for fathers out there, would you rather have a Father's Day where you're forced to do a bunch of stuff like dinner and all this or would you rather just kind of be alone? I think I'd rather just kind of be alone. Not like alone, you know, alone. No, just like some silence. You're, you're, you know what I mean? You're, you're, in a, you're in a different boat, though. You still got young ones. Yes. Like, it's like you know, I, I went through, uh, you know, 18 years of, of getting, of accepting and smiling and laughing and, 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 and appreciating the, the corny ties and, the, you know, the, the Space Jam tie and the rock tie Ooh. and the, the different sports and, you know, and every year expecting a different sport on the tie and tie clips and, and stuff like that. A lot, so, of tie, a lot of Thai stuff, huh? Well, <laughs> I mean, you're the one that brought up earlier. Can't wear a suit in the parade. So, yeah, I got a lot of ties. But it's – so it's different now. Now it's like – I mean, I get these reels sent to me or TikTok sent to me from my son, and they're like of, you know, expensive steakhouses in town. Like, it, and it'll say Father's Day with a question mark like a month ago. So I'm like, yeah, okay, keep it. Because I thought I was going to – I actually thought I might be out of town. I, I actually looked up flights because I, I said earlier in this week, if the Golden Knights wrap this thing up in five, I'm immediately looking up flights and getting the heck out of town. So but what happened? They're too expensive for where I wanted to go. Oh, Willie's got – well, you do have fancy tastes. How do you – you pack the suits? No. 
No, 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 no suits no, on tr- no, on no, vacation, no, huh? No, 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 no. I I could always get in the car and just drive down to the beach with the pup. I could still do that. That's a good point. The That's other thing, point. the other thing that threw a wrench in it was I had to be here today. I had to be on the show today. Ah, pesky work, yeah, pesky work, man. Things. Always, always, always getting something. in the way. Yep. All right, let's talk to another dad, Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback, joins us next. Former UNLV quarterback and current voice of the Rebels on radio, Caleb Herring is live right now on Cofield and Company. You heard it, Cofield and Company. We are live over at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Come say what's up. We'll be back in the Finley Toyota Studios. All right, Caleb, let's start with something fun first before we get to the serious stuff. Uh, One of the things that has annoyed me since the Denver Nuggets have won the NBA Finals is the discourse around it, and I get it in today's, I'll say in today's society. Um, we gotta, we got to make negative comments, right? we got to tear people down. we got to tear achievements down. But I feel like this hits you. You're a Lakers fan, a Lakers team that an ESPN panel picked when they were the 12th seed to beat the Denver Nuggets before the postseason began. Now all of a sudden the Lakers are just a little play-in team that never had a shot against the Nuggets, and they had one of the weakest roads to an NBA Finals. What's the deal? Uh, it seems like every champion has their sort of uh, negative side. Like you said, maybe it's just the, the the way of the day. Like it's just it's it's easier to find negatives, um, especially when teams succeed, to try to point out the flaws and maybe try to put an asterisk next to their championship for whatever reason. And uh, the Lakers may have been a low-seeded team, but we all understand why that happened. Uh, the talent that the Lakers possess, especially after the trade deadline and the things they were able to do late in the season, made them a formidable team. I mean, after February, they were one of the better teams in the league if you just look at their record and especially look at the defensive side of the basketball. But um, it, I think it's just one of those things. I think the Denver Nuggets have been slighted, and this is Coach Malone's probably calling card this season. They've been disrespected all season long. They were the number one team for the entire year. They won and won handily the championship, and maybe that's why, because it was a little boring. Um, but just because a team makes it look easy doesn't mean the road was easy. I mean, the Lakers team that they beat uh, was not an easy team. Not just beat, they swept. They, they handled business, pretty much swept. They, they handled business pretty well yep. against everybody that was thrown their way. The Suns, even. I mean, nobody saw that they, nobody thought that they would be able to handle the Suns as easily as they did, but they did. So I think it's just time to give them credit for what they were. And that's a, a well built, well constructed team that nobody really saw coming this season. Um, but they did, and they came, and they, they won the championship, so kudos to them. Has Nikola Jokic getting drunk in public and opening up a little bit more made them more interesting for you? I will never forget, Caleb, you were one that was carrying water for the narrative that, hey, you just got to cover the exciting teams. Has Jokic become more exciting in your mind now that we've seen him publicly intoxicated? I think <laughs> definitely so. I think we uh, in America we have this fascination with public intoxication, inappropriate settings, obviously. That's right. But, uh, no, I, I think that gave a layer to to Jokic that we haven't seen uh, really to this point in his career. He's a fun guy. He's not like he's not charismatic or he's not uh, entertaining in his own right, but he just never kind of went there and never gave us anything that was uh, any more than the, the right answer, the appropriate answer outside of a couple of one-liner jokes during the season. But um, even after the game, I thought his celebration in the immediate aftermath was a little bit bland. It was a little meh. You know, like the outpouring of emotions we didn't really see, but the parade version of Joker definitely got some uh, got some heads turned. And the entertainment value for Denver, which is not, you know, heavily entertaining city outside of the two major sports teams, 
Um, it, it, it was good to see him in that light. I think there is a, a, an itch of him that really does just want to go home during the offseason. I think that's a part of his character. But uh, drunken Jokic was definitely worth the wait. And I'm glad they got the championship. Glad uh, Coach Malone gave him a, a good run for his money, too. Uh, they were having a lot of fun, and, and they should. Uh, winning the championship is no easy feat. Maybe they'll run it back. We'll see. They got a young core, guys. But, hey, we'll see. I hope, though. For, for Denver's sake, that you can capitalize more on Joker as a marketable face of the franchise going forward. So you're, you're big with basketball. Obviously, you're a Lakers fan. What do you think of the sticking power of the Nuggets? Do you think this team is actually going to be a legitimate threat in the Western Conference going forward? Or are you uh, among some of those who think, ah, flash in the pan, once some of these teams get better, the Suns, the Lakers, they're going to be up against it? Well, it's hard to say um, as far as what other teams will be able to do because chemistry and team building is what the Nuggets did, and that's what their brand of basketball has been all about. They, they built this roster up you know, with a couple of additions along the way, but the core nucleus of guys, Jamal Murray and Joker, have been together for years now, and they've built the chemistry and built the system around those two guys and their talent. Um, obviously, those are the, the most important piece. Michael Porter Jr. being a young guy who maybe hasn't lived up his, to his potential yet, um, and guys like Aaron Gordon who know their role and play it well, this is what their team is built up. So it's very repeatable, the success that they had. It wasn't live by the three, die by the three. It wasn't, uh, you know, the only thing I think that was the major flaw in their, in their game was their defensive consistency. But even that showed up during this playoff run. And, and guys like Bruce Brown and his intensity, a, a great solid pickup. Who knows if they can add another piece like that while keeping their, their core nucleus of guys intact. I think it's repeatable. I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I think outside of the season where Jamal Murray was injured, uh, th- this team in the bubble gave you know a, a great playoff run in their own right then. Um, they got eliminated by the Warriors a couple of seasons. So, I mean, it's not like that's anything to laugh at. They've been a contender um, in the West. And it's just that because of the smaller market in Denver, because of more entertaining and more eye-catching stories around them in the Western Conference, we probably haven't paid them much attention in recent years as we should have. Uh, but now that Joker's rounded into form and uh, demanded the attention, so to speak, with his constant MVP caliber play, I think Denver is one of those teams that's going to be around for a long time. And he, his style of play is is marketable because he gets everybody else involved and it's attracted mm-hmm. to other free agents that want to come. So I think the Nuggets can sustain it if they play their cards right. All right, you're a Vegas guy to an extent. How, what's it like from your perspective watching what's happened this week? Stanley Cup, of course, now in the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. You see Las Vegas and how excited they are, the parades tomorrow. How wrapped, uh, how wrapped up in this did you get? Did you feel some sort of civic pride as somebody who now lives out here? I did. I did. I think it's, it's awesome what the Knights represent for Vegas as a community. Um, you know, the, the when they started and the way they started immediately and had success. The, everybody remembers October 1 and that tragedy and everybody kind of rallying around the Golden Knights during that time um, as kind of the relief um, in that sad moment, in that tragic moment. And from then on, it's been, you know, the, the Knights have been Vegas's team. It's the team that was born here, the franchise that's, you know, kind of embodied what we represent, like putting, pushing it all to the middle of the table and doing it right and going for the big ones. And that's what we've done as, as a franchise with hockey um, in this city. And I, I don't, I, I can't say that I was a hockey fan prior to the Golden Knights, and I, I still don't understand the game. You know, like like I'm, I'm not as in depth as some of the guys that I watch covering the sports in the city. That I, who knew that we had such a a deep uh, hockey following, but it, it came and it supported the Knights from day one. And to see it pay off in the Stanley Cup, which is no easy task, and just watching you know each of the players wa- skating around on that ice with with the Stanley Cup lifted over their head was 
was awesome. I, I felt like I was a part of something special. I've never lived in a city, literally, geographically, where the championship was won at. Uh, I, I've been a Laker fan my whole life. Obviously, I've had my share of championships, but I didn't live in L.A. Um, so living in Vegas and being, uh, you know, kind of surrounded by the atmosphere and just having the conversations with people that were born and raised here and having that trophy, you know, the Aces last year obviously was big. Uh, but the Stanley Cup and its, its history, I think, runs a little bit deeper than the WNBA for historic reasons getting your name and getting the Golden Knights names etched on that trophy is going to be awesome. And celebrating it on Saturday is going to be huge, too. You've never lived in a pro sports championship team, but you have quarterbacked the last bowl team from UNLV, and you quarterbacked at a university in which still holds a record for the most dominating championship win. Now, you weren't here way back then in 1990, but... Which championship do you feel, because you were around UNLV, you know the magnitude of it, is a, which I did a column with my top five championships won in Southern Nevada. I made UNLV's 1990 National Championship number one. What, in your eyes, is number one in terms of championships won in Southern Nevada? Man, I would, I would, I would have to agree with that, and this is the only thing – as an alumni, I have to say that I feel like I'm almost mandated, mandated to say that. But also just I think the only differentiating factor, uh, because I think the Knights and, and what they represent and the, you know, what the team has meant to Vegas in that sport and one of the major sports in the in the country. Obviously, I think that's huge. It's, it's, it's definitely huge. It's up there. Um, but the, I think what differentiates it is the lasting impact of the aftermath. And we, we won't we don't know how long the Stanley Cup or this win will kind of resonate in the community um, for Vegas. But I think for, for that 90s finals team and, and for what UNLV and running Rebel basketball as a brand meant nationally, I think it's remembered so much better even than that actual moment was. So it's kind of more solidified in history from that context. So it's, it's hard to overcome nostalgia. That's a, a very real thing. And I think the running Rebels basketball, even today, I mean, that – People refer often as a mistake, which I'll, I'll throw out there, to UNLV football as running Rebel football. And that's huh. it's the brand of UNLV basketball that just transcends the university and the community. So uh, I think that fact, I think, puts it over the top, but barely over the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is huge. It's, there's, right. there's no there's no getting over that fact. But I think for Vegas, UNLV and that running Rebel basketball team was definitely a more memorable and and longer lasting uh, feeling, I think. And we'll see. We'll see if the Stanley Cup can match it in, in the years to, to come. And, you know, I, I will say this. I, I somewhat, in, in given that I've covered both teams um, since their arrival, I will say this. I feel as if this Stanley Cup championship was won, obviously, by this year's team, this year's coach. But for a lot of people who were affected by the October 1 shooting, this is closure because of what the misfit started in 2018, losing to the Capitals. It's been brought up in so many conversations. Today, we heard from Bruce Cassidy. We heard from Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee, and Bill Foley. They, uh, uh, and even Cassidy brought it up, but the other three were here. So it's somewhat ex an extension of that team because it was almost like we have unfinished business with the original six. Cassidy starts the, uh, five of those six. Um, if that never would have happened and then they win it this year, I might consider the Aces title second on the list only because that that was the first 
major pro sports championship won in Southern Nevada? I would have to give it long and hard thought. But due to the fact of the impact in how this sort of brought closure and a final healing, um, it deservedly places two on my and list. I'll, I'll go, I'll go to, to add to that. The reason the Aces, I think, isn't higher on the list is also because there, that moment, the October 1 moment, was galvanizing around the team. I don't think the Aces, and this is no fault of theirs, as a young franchise in their own right being in Las Vegas, I don't think they've had a moment in time that you know that was off the court or off the ice whatever you want to call it that galvanized the community around them or gave them the opportunity to be that kind of relief for the community to right. get make that bond even tighter so right. it just it's just the way history happened and the way it unfolded the knights had that tragic incident happen right and they were there and available for the community to kind of have an outlet a positive outlet to to grief and to mourn and to do all those things to go through that process and those processes tighten bonds. And whether it's with your family, whether it's with the community or with your sports team, it definitely was a moment in time that you can't duplicate. And you maybe don't want to duplicate, um, but just the way history happens, the Knights have that in their resume. And they're when you're looking back at how fondly they remember, I think the only thing that could have made this, in my mind, eclipse the UNLV basketball championship of the 90s would have been if Mark andre Fleury was still a part of the Golden Knights. And I know that's a bit of a sore subject for people because he was he – was, as a member of that Golden Knights original team, one of the most beloved figures. If he was a part of the crew that now got to hoist the Stanley Cup, I think that, uh, to add to the the magnitude of this championship, of the Stanley Cup win, would have definitely been uh, put it over the top for me from a, from a historic standpoint of what it means to the community. Um, I, I think about things like how the Stanley Cup was hoisted on our home ice um, in defeat a few years back in 2018. And kind of the irony of sitting and watching that happen and then now being able to, to watch our team do it just a few years later, really, if you look, look at it historically from that context, is really awesome. But I think Mark andre Fleury being a part of the team would have made it even more significant in, in history's eyes, if, if you ask me. That would have knocked it out of the top five for me. Uh, all right, let's talk uh, about some recent <laughs> news. Um, you were you, When we talked to you first about this, when we got word that John Morant was going to serve some sort of suspension about a month or two ago, you were great on the subject. Well, we have a final verdict. It's going to be 25 games. you got about two minutes left here, Caleb. What did you think of the suspension? I agree. I think the suspension, I wasn't really caught up on how many games it would be. I just thought it needed to be a significant amount of time. And 25 games, for a lot of reasons, is significant. And I think... Um, for a personal impact, it makes an impact on John Moran's future as far as what he's able to achieve um, with the new collective bargaining agreement details about uh, postseason accolades or uh, all all NBA teams and MVP considerations. You have to have a certain amount of games, and this 25 games automatically knocks him out of contention for any of that stuff, which then in turn impacts his ability to earn more money in, 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 in future contracts. So I think that significantly impacts his personal uh, uh situation so that's good in my opinion when you're talking about punishing it needs to impact him it also impacts the memphis grizzlies which is you know kind of collateral damage here um, but they end up being impacted heavily by his his absence um so that i think is uh, uh, the team needs to try to fix some things what they can but obviously this is a more personal issue and something adam silver said in one of his quotes and um that he needs to focus his focus needs to be entirely away from basketball at this time to correct whatever issues he has going on in his life, um, to attempt to rectify himself and to present himself in a better light going forward. I think his focus can't be basketball. And sitting at home for 25 games, however, uh, he may not be around basketball activities, things like that. There's obviously some stipulations on to when he can come back and he has to complete some tasks, I guess, before he comes back onto the court as well. 
But all of those things, I think, are important. I think correcting his behavior um, in light of how impactful he is and can be for the NBA as one of the potential faces of the future for the NBA, um, he has to get this rectified before guys like Steph Curry, LeBron James, and and so on are not the face of the NBA anymore because LeBron's time is ticking and Steph's is as well. Those guys are about to move on. Who's going to be the next big face? John Morant's in contingent to be that guy um, if he's able to get his act together off the court. But until then, we'll, we'll miss him on the court. Caleb, happy Father's Day. We appreciate it, buddy. We're up against it. We thank you as always. Follow him on Twitter at Caleb Herring underscore. Second hour, Kofi the Company live from TI, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, coming up.